I'm probably gonna get taken offline for this. I don't really care. I think it sounds really good. You know, we were supposed to vote last week on whether or not we're gonna use this song or if we're going to actually use this song. Oh no, that's for tomorrow. This one kind of bangs. I'm gonna ask my guest when he comes on if like, like, hey, which which song do you think we should be using? Because this one hits, it smacks really hard. Like if you're working really hard, what song you want to like? As a man, this one kind of feels like way more masculine, right? Compared to like this one, like, I mean, it's cool. It's got a little Caribbean feel. But it's got work in the song. Okay, I, li- I like that one. All right, so here's the deal. It's Work Wednesday where we get to it. You know, I'm trying to save it. I don't want to spoil it too much. But I have a guest, special guest in the house. Uh-oh, somebody in Spaces. Hey, what's up? I see Patriarchy Hannah. What's up? She liked that one. Was it the work, work, work one? I think she's in the work, work, work one. I think she liked that. So if you're on Spaces right now, you can chime in to this conversation. Here's the rules. These are the rules. I'm not changing them for nobody. You have to do this. If you want to engage in this conversation, you have to have shared this show on your social media platform. I don't care which one. You just have to share it. So I see somebody named Zach Daw just popped into this uh, chat. Zach, if you didn't share the show, I'm going to kick you out so quickly. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make your head spin. See, Ellie, she just shared the show, so she might get speaking right. She can talk to my guests, who I'll talk about in just a second. So Facebook, I see you up there. Facebook on my account and across politics account, Twitter, video. I'm sorry, didn't it? I can't stop. X video on both cross politics and my account and on YouTube and spaces. Everybody hit the share button, hit the like button. Let everybody know we're having the conversation. We're talking about war and work with my friend, my friend, Nate Spearing. He almost made me see the wizard, but we'll talk about that in just a second. I want to thank my sponsors. I guess sponsor just have one (laughs) right now working on more but hey they allow me to do this show and so I'm grateful for them newhearttreasures.com go to newhearttreasures.com and find some lovely lovely material there they this mug is from there I keep talking about this I love I'm not even playing with you right now when I leave this mug at work I feel bad I, I want two of these so I can have one at work and one at home. I love this. I love the feel of it. I love the design of it. I love drinking from it. Listen. Doesn't that doesn't it sound like it tastes great? It sounds like it tastes great. Because it is great. So anyway, newhearttreasures.com. The reason I love this particular sponsor is because she's 18 years old. Her name is Hannah. She built this company off of saving up her own money. For years, I think it was like nine grand, and started her own company that does shirts and hoodies and all sorts of swag. And she's got everything up there. Not just that. Here's something really awesome about Hannah. She wants to do business, but she also wants to make sure that she is a Christian in business. So if you just don't want to buy anything from her, but you need a prayer request, you can send Hannah over at NewHeartTreasures.com a message in their little message thing on their website, and she'll pray for you. That's pretty awesome. So go check them out. New Heart Treasures. I appreciate them. All right. Without any further ado, my friend, the man who made me see the wizard himself, Nate Spearing. Spearing.co is his website. Um, Nate, 
just a quick introduction to how we met and why we're having this conversation together. Um, we were doing the conference in South Dakota, I believe. Correct. Okay. Oh, did you did you see these? I I I, <laughs> so I, I do my hands, and all of a sudden, everything I got to do one of these. Just it, the whole screen. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. If Response. You're, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I got to turn those off. Those are going to kill me. But we were doing the, the, the conference in South Dakota, um, and we did a special Warriors Tending Gardens event where you hosted it, and you taught us all how to shoot. Correct. And you you worked us out and did some physical stuff t- to us and, and almost made me pass out. Um, yes. And that was not good. But, but I learned something there. There's a lot of guys who think that they're tough, who are probably somewhat tough. And, I mean, I grew up in, in the hood. I grew up, you know, knowing if I went to the park that day, I was going to have to fight. Uh, I knew up having some very spatial awareness. I do, I, you know, everything that happens in the ghetto, I went through that, right? But, mm-hmm. And so there's a certain, a certain uh, grit that I think I naturally have. And I think a lot of guys have certain grits from just being in country. They had to do hard work and, you know, whatever. When I got there and I saw the way you guys were shooting and I saw at what ability you guys have to kill, I was like, yeah, that, 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 I, this ain't me. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was different. It was a whole nother level of, of, it was a specialty, you know, it was a specialty and it it made me say, oh yeah, I, this is, you guys are at another level. And I was grateful to have men like you who are very capable of what they do to be out there. And I was grateful to learn from you. I mean, you guys have got me shooting with the AR-15 at 1500 meters on target. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, that's amazing. So that's how we met. So, you know, you can go on just a little bit about kind of how you got it, uh, basically into the military. And I love to hear as we talk about work um, and business and where you're at now, kind of what kind of person did the military make you? Yeah, I think that, uh, one of the things that I am most grateful that the military did for me is just made me incredibly um, tenacious and gave me an ability to persevere. Now Mm. uh, it's, it's a different kind of grit and perseverance in business than it is in special operations. There's a physical uh, toughness. There is a mental toughness in the sense that you don't know the end of the road march, you don't know the end of the mission, you don't know what's coming. So there's the unknown. Uh, but you have that in business as well. And so that ability to understand that you can't control the outcome, but you have to take action. A lot of times you make a plan that isn't perfect and you start executing and that's, that's required. And so that Mm -hmm. ability and that I just had to be real deliberate when I got out and go through some, there's some significant kind of events after getting out, I said, okay, this is, is a different kind of unknown. This is a different kind of risk, but at the, the base level, it's risk, it's unknown. And the same God that was with me on the battlefield is with me in business. And the same God that was with me on the battlefield is here, uh, enabling me to be a husband and father. And I'm not in control of different things now, and I'm going to mm. do it anyway because mm. it's what's required. Um, mm. So I think that that's what I mean. We have conversations about a lot of young 
homeschool boys uh, have never been outside mama's radius and they have never really been in a position to fail and mm. to fail, not, not a little bit of failure, but to fail big right. and to really screw things up because we have the way things are with the post-industrial revolution uh, household. We got dad going off to work, barely involved in homeschool education, if at all, if they are homeschooling. Uh, don't even get me started about the ones that, that check their kids into prison. Wait in line 30 minutes a day to check their kids into prison uh, with the government um, and then pick them up again. Uh, and you know, you and I are on the same page of that, that we have to take control of our kids' education and, and it's not, uh, the, the government's not who should be doing that. And so, you know, but we're not even going to need to go there. We just talk about the way our community usually is doing it. If you're going to a regular nine to five, mama's running the house and she's awesome. She's doing great, but as husband and wife raising children. And, and the dad has to be involved uh, and provide his own insights. So by me leaving, uh, I, I had a very active dad. We, we grew up working construction. He was very active in my life. But when I went to the Army at 19 and I tried out for Rangers and I was trying to go through these selection and assessment programs where there's nobody else there, it's an individual uh, assessment of skills and you got hard men looking at you, and I'm a homeschool, you know, Christian young man, I had to face a lot of failure. I had to get good at failing. And mm. so that, that ability, and, and there's grown men that still keep control of their life so much that they, they don't want to fail. And so that ability to kind of get into some really hairy situations and, and, by the grace of God, come out on top and by training and being diligent in our craft, uh, ex excelling on the battlefield, uh, violence of action, overcoming the enemy, but then reprogramming that now, that same intensity, that same focus on the basics for business, for how I am being as a dad, for how mm. our, we're homeschooling our children. Um, it's God has, you know, wired the universe that if you want to be good at these things, it requires effort, mm. it requires continually doing it. And we, we don't, um, I, I know I told y'all at Warriors Tending Gardens, my, my training program that I went to, one of the last more advanced ones, we did 100,000 uh, rifle rounds and 40,000 pistol rounds in a couple months of training. Mm. Um, so so 140,000 round reps on average uh with the trigger uh as just the basic entry level training for that job <laughs> and so when and and nobody today wants to do 140,000 reps of anything you know set breathe but, <laughs> yeah 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 that happens god right. but that's the only that's one of those functions that god made outside of our has made it subconscious Right. But also we know if you take, I made you guys do that at Warriors Tending Gardens. Yes, we did. did a little, we did a little man yoga. We did some Wim Hof breathing. We well, y'all did man that. yoga. I just did breathing. I don't know whatever y'all yeah, yeah. was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us are more comfortable doing things with our manliness and some of us aren't. I don't know. Some of us are Christians and don't do yoga. True. But, True. You know, I'm just saying. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Granted. No, Granted. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Man stretching. There we go. Man stretching. We, we, we reclaiming, man. We, we, we reordering it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to be careful with my terms around you. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> hey, man, I still have that Baptist culture inbred into me. You, you've been Presbyterian forever. You don't know anything yeah. else. So I'm just, okay. I still have triggers. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> it is. That's how it is. So, I, so man, I know this is, we didn't want to, I, I don't want to talk about, I really want to get into the business side, but. I'm just looking at the state of things right now, and I just have to ask you from, from your perspective, as, as you look, how long have you been out now as a vet? How long have you been? What do you call uh, it? You December have, will be the seven-year seven uh, mark. mark. Okay. Yeah. I'm guessing yep. a lot has changed in seven years. We've had COVID and so on and so forth, right? But yep. the way that things are right now, the way things are looking, it does not look very good that we're going to be able to avoid some sort of battle, war, whatever seems like something is coming down our path. I listened to Tucker Carlson talk to a general. I can't remember which one it was right now. Maybe you can remember. But uh, it doesn't even, doesn't even matter what their names is. They're all worthless. <laughs> okay, well, at least I'm going to get a straight answer from you. But one of the, well, maybe, I don't know. One of the things he said was that it is not, a good, we are, America is not in a good place right now to go to war. We're just not there. Uh, physically, mm-hmm. Uh, the way that the, the women have come into the military and so on and so forth. But I wonder from from your perspective and where things are, what's your take on America's war readiness? You know, do you think that we're in a good I mean, you've been out for seven years. Um, I didn't like what happened with the whole COVID thing, because a lot of the men who are like tip of the spear were like, we're not we're not doing this. And mm-hmm. and then even though some of it got settled in court, they come back into the military and then they're like they're getting mistreated. You know, in one way or another. And so, um, but I just kind of wonder, like, where are we at physically as a nation in our war readiness, do you think? Well, I think that um, the nation that is waging war has to be willing at the top level to do what is required to Mm. win. Mm. Uh, And I think that that is probably, if you're going to rack and stack all the different factors that need to go into a nation being ready to war, that's the one for me that stands out. And, and that's, that's not necessarily an indictment on the current administration. That's an indictment on many administrations. Uh, and and we, we can go into whether or not anything we've done in the last uh, 50 to 100 years has been as America has been uh, worth or, or the leadership being willing to do what is required. So, uh, and, yeah, no, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Yeah. I mean, and so, but the flip side of that is uh, I am friends with a lot of very dangerous dudes that are still committed in spite of the political climate to serving our nation. And if they are cut, are are turned loose, Lord help whoever's on the other end. Mm. But that, like I said, the history of America to that point uh, for for looking back is 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 at the political level. The political will uh, is is where we're we're short. You know, you said something here that I thought is really it's a great segue into the rest of the conversation. Uh, the pe- the nation that wages war is needs to make sure that they're ready to do whatever it takes to win. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that segues perfectly into the idea and concept of work. You know, um, 
when we think of man being restored, we have to go all the way back to the, what was a fall. What did Adam do? What was his intent? What was the intentions of man on earth? How did he lose all that? Well, sin. Okay, Christ comes in, restores man. But the way that we think about it, we think that Christ only restores the emotional and internal aspects of man without restoring his ability to work. But Christ took into consideration all of the aspects of what it took to win and died and restored all of it. All of man been fully restored so that he can get back to what he was intended to do in the garden. So as we think about work, you know, I guess let's start here. Why is work one of the things that we've forgotten that we need to be doing? Yeah, I mean, um, I I joke on my Instagram all the time. I, I post what we're doing on a daily basis, but specifically on Saturdays, I like to remind my followers that it's six days you shall labor, not five. Come on now. Uh, Americans think that you get Saturday for yourself and football, college football and hanging out and relaxing and sleeping in and doing all that stuff. And then that God gave a Saturday so that we can focus on me. And then, and then I'll give him one little bit of one hour on Sunday morning and then start getting ready for, for, you know, the, the week to come. Come on now. And, and so one of the things that has gone along with my success and ability and winning to work is we have, what did God say about work? Six days you shall labor. Um, and so, you know, that's first of all, and then I've heard people argue that it's really arguing, uh, arguable that people even work five days. You know, I think I've heard it said average Americans work in 32 hours, you know, uh, and, and which essentially way I look at it is, likely defrauding your employer eight hours because you're taking an hour and 15 lunch break. You're not really showing up ready to work. You're not setting your environment to do, do things well. And you're kind of just phoning it in. You're counting down the clock to get back, uh, to, to sink into the sofa. And, and hopefully your wife has dinner ready for you on time, you know, and, and don't want to be bothered with the kids because you worked seven hours and 15 minutes and you're smoked, you know, give me a break. You have the capacity, if you're taking care of yourself physically, to work a lot more. Now, that don't mistake me as being one of those hustle grind, uh, heathen entrepreneur culture kind of Instagram guys. Uh, those guys are, are, are laboring and building wealth for my children because right. they, they do not have the purpose, the overall telos of why Preach, we're working Come on in, now. In, in mind. So I'm not saying that I'm not that, that entrepreneur guy. That's like, I, I sleep 1.25 hours a day <laughs> and I take these supplements and I work, you know, the, like there, but you set your rhythms and your daily practices up to be productive and to work. And it's a good thing. And it's not, uh, it's not your wife saying how much you're working and it's not you you know, trying to, you know, oh, I have to go home and I got to do what my wife wants me to do and this begrudging that aspect. So, and, and that is what we're doing now that I think is so fun. I have my oldest son sitting next to me where we've, we've integrated the, the work in home in a, in a different way because I own the business because they can go around with me to different job sites because I can go home at, at lunch, uh, eat, do some discipline if needed. If, if some of the kids aren't doing their school, my boys know what is required of them to be done for the day. And they're incentivized to get it done. If dad comes home at lunch and we're doing well, we get to jump in the car with him and go around 
uh, we just got off of uh, me and and my middle son. We just did a ruck together because I'm doing two workouts a day right now in this program that I'm doing. So they're going along for the workouts. Uh, Eli had 20 pounds on his back with a ruck. You know, we came in here and just optimizing my environment, optimizing my time to be fruitful with it. Right. Because the reality is, is, you know, that parable of the talents. God has given each of us certain abilities, yep. certain capacity to yep. do certain types of work, and we are required to not bury it and to bring a yield uh, to the Heavenly Father for that time that he's given. And you're going to give an account. And a lot of men and uh, a lot of uh, are not producing. I did a podcast with Dr. Merkel. He, he talked about a, sp a specific time when his wife, he was having to finish up his dissertation. He was also working full time. And he was kind of, and his wife was like, you, you, you need to work. You need to get up earlier. And he thought, man, I can't believe she would say, get up earlier. You know, and he just said a lot of men, and I agree with him, a lot of men have no idea what it actually really is like to work like they are supposed to for six days. That's right. And I well, get comments from people often. Yeah. How are you doing this? How are you getting it all done? I'm just working because I've been commanded to. And I'm and if I'm gonna work, why not be the best at it? Why not improve continually over time? Why not seek out wise counsel? I paid 40 plus grand to one guy in the last year to help me with my business. Yeah. And and to say, I, I don't even know where that money is going to come from a year and a half ago or a year ago. I have to get counsel. I have to learn what I don't know. I have to get better. I have to put systems in place with my business. I have to hire the right people. I have to figure this out. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the investment. I'm going to get better. Um, anyway, this, far no, from pithy. No, go ahead. No, no, but that was good. And one of the things that I think, because it, 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 I want to get into the details of your business, how it is you make money. I remember when you did that move on the, um, when you did that move with the 40,000, because I remember you, you told me when it came back and how it came back. I remember you told me that. Um, but uh, one of the things that I, I want to talk about is, uh, the, the idea to get people even to the concept of work and to work in an excellent way is such a hard thing to do that we can't even get sometimes to the details. But I want to try and get to the details. One of the things David Bonson said at the Business Makers uh, pre-conference, uh, one of the things he said was, if I can just get uh, people to understand I think he was mainly speaking to the post-millennial folks, people who believe God is going to, uh, that the gospel is going to be successful in conquering the world. He's like, if we can just get back to the concept of work and not this mediocre thing, but the kind of work that actually is a blessing to other people, that is a form of excellence in everything we do, because that's what you're made for is to work. You're, that's the intent, Man is intended to work. That was God made him for. The purpose of life is work, right? And he's like, and if we can just get man back to that and be an excellent then we'll be okay. But to think that we're going to have some sort of impact on culture and society apart from a form of excellent work is, is, is insanity. Right. And that's exactly where we are right now. Unfortunately, we're in an area of insanity. All right. So Nate, I want to talk about what is it, how did you get to real estate and how have you been successful in it? Because did you start there? Did you start in construction first? What was the process? Well, when I was 13 years old, or about to turn 13, my mom was pregnant with our seventh child, and we bought a three-bedroom house. And my dad and I added on 1,700 square feet, basically from age 13 until I left for the Army 
a little bit after turning 18 years old. You became so, a master carpenter underneath your dad. Correct. And yeah. my, my father hadn't really built a house before. My grandfather was mechanically competent. He grew up doing uh, uh, re rebuilding like plants that were grain mills and things like shutdowns, going and doing maintenance on big equipment. My dad did that. My dad's a mechanical engineer. He got the kind of the encyclopedia Bible of everything about houses, you know, like 700 page kind of hardback thing uh, before YouTube, before that. And, and he figured out uh, we asked friends of ours that were contractors and we built the addition. We did everything but concrete wow. shingles and drywall uh, for five years, basically. And so I can remember working backhoes out in the front yard on Thanksgiving Day, uh, breaking, eating dinner, coming back because we had the rental. We turn the lights on. We keep working those backhoes. So I learned the a lot of the technical doing that because I kind of got a renovation, one rent mat, big renovation. But I never I had my dad over my shoulder. And he was making me wire, hey, go wire that circuit. And he would make me draw it, you know, because I'd go, hey, dad, which wires need to go where? And he's like, draw it out. And I'd be so mad because I wanted the answer. And he'd make me sit down and, and he'd make me come up with how yeah. to do it. Come back, show me. You got to get, you know, hot, neutral. We got to do this. Where's the switch going to be? Okay. All right, go do it. And I'd go drill the holes and run the wire. And he'd make me figure it out. Um, and he would make me go into the hardware store and get a part. He'd make me call down to the, the plumbing supply store and ask if they had a certain fitting. So I was you know, 13 years old. I was having to converse with people. I was having to go in and buy the part for them. I was having to figure it out. And, and, and in some ways I was, you know, I was kind of upset. I don't want to walk in this store by myself and pay for this. And then if I got the wrong one or whatever, but he was putting me through uh, the basic training, if you will. And then whenever I first got to North Carolina, we were expecting our second child. My wife said she wanted to live in, in downtown. And, and I was like, you understand you're, you're married to an enlisted soldier that has a pretty small paycheck every month. And, <laughs> and that's, that's prime real estate girl, you know, but we started looking and come to come to find out there's a, a hundred, uh, a 1600 square foot house, right. Two, three blocks out downtown for $175,000. Now, you know, 2023, that sounds like nothing, you know, but it, it was houses were cheaper back then, but it was, it was attainable. And we did our 20% down payment and I was walking through, it was just nasty enough that it scared off pretty much everybody, <laughs> but not nasty enough that my wife and I, even in our new newlywed kind of second child state, didn't think we could make something of it. And I kind of, it kind of clicked. I was like, wait a second. I can do this. I right. know how to do this. Right. You know, uh, well, you should have given your dad an offering right there. You should have called him and say, daddy, thank you, man. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is he said, don't buy that house. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he didn't had enough. He didn't done it enough times where he was like, yeah, right, he was like, he I was want like, Hey, that's a, you, it was built in 1918. He's like, that's an old house. That thing needs a lot of work. And he's a new house kind of guy. He's like, yeah. mm -mm, don't do it. He already put and, his 1,700 uh, square foot in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't listen to him. And uh, the realtor recommended a guy that lived a couple blocks away as a home inspector to, hey, he's got an old house around the corner. That guy ended up, we're still friends. I was texting him earlier today. He became my mentor because what I didn't know was old houses. I didn't know about restringing lead weights on windows and taking the yeah. sashes apart and reglazing panes and the, all the different quirks that come with the old house. Um, but he, he mentored me in some of those craftsmanship skills specific to old homes. 
Um, and it, it just was a godsend. He's come, came over, he was two blocks away, let me borrow so many tools just graciously. Uh, when I barely had enough money to buy, pay for tile, he let me borrow his tile trowel, you know, and, and I was able to eke out that remodel, um, borrowing half the tools. You know, he did say to me, he said, Hey, if you do the project yourself, uh, you get to get a tool, uh, as payment. So as you do these projects, buy one tool, buy one tool. And I'd say to him, you know, okay, can I, can I borrow this one? I'm going to buy this one. And he's like, yep. And so I was buying tools. I was getting expertise. And, and I've talked about this before. What's great about that is, so I'm 26 years old. All of my discretionary income was going to tools and materials for this house. I, it wasn't going to Netflix. It wasn't going to, and then the leave that I had on the military, the military gives you a bunch of federal holidays. It gives you uh, 30 days paid leave I, every four-day weekend, every federal holiday, every two weeks of leave that I took or block leave or whatever, I would stay local and I would work on these houses. And, and in a sense, this goes back to, I was doing work that I believed in. I was making, I was improving my family's home. That was, I didn't need a vacation. Right. I was so excited to not have to stay up till midnight working or only be able to work on a Saturday. I was so excited to be able to just plow through for two weeks straight on this bathroom and we'd plan it. And okay, we'd leave, block leaves coming up. I'm going to take leave. I'm just stay at the house. You know, I'm going to be able to do this and we'd push through and we would blitz these bathrooms. And also when you tear apart a bathroom and your house is like, you're incentivized to get it back together because right. mama can be at various stages of happiness with the different pregnancies, with the ability to cook your meals or not. She's in there with you, but we're, so we're growing together as, as spouses remodeling, living. And so we had that, we had, you know, three months left on a lease when we bought that house, I ripped out the upstairs, she was pregnant and we had a giant pile of plaster that was about five feet tall in our living room. Because I didn't want to rent a dumpster, I rented a U-Haul and threw it all in the back of the U-Haul and drove it down to the dump and pushed it out the back and and just all these crazy things that we did. That was cutting our teeth, and our time was worth almost nothing. We were 26 years old, and what I was getting was I was investing discretionary income with materials, but because I was doing the sweat equity on top, my return was was Hi. four, five, six yeah. times what that material cost, and I was also gaining skill at a point in life. When I didn't have a lot of money, but I had some time and I was turning that time into skills that yes. I could monetize. So that was in 2009. I didn't get out of the military till 2016. So for seven years, we did that house. We ended up buying a duplex four blocks away downtown for 10 well, grand cheaper. Well, well, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about this. I don't want to just skip past that. So you got the first house. Mm -hmm. How did you even get the money to get the first house? Uh, I believe it was an enlistment bonus. Okay. So I had, I, I, I excelled in the military and I continued. So I was in a skill set that the army paid a lot of money to retain. Okay. So I had, I think I'd been in at six years or so and you can get a bonus in your initial enlistment, you know, re, they get you for four years and they get you to reenlist again. They pay you to stay in. So I'd got to the point where I'm pretty sure my bonus was $40,000. Uh, and so I got a $40,000 bonus immediately, uh, bought that house with it. Okay. So, you know? then, so then you get that capital. So you do something yep. well enough that you make enough to get a bonus. So you get the startup capital. So you got to have capital. That's incentive. Right. That's essential, right? So you got capital. You take that capital, you buy a house that really isn't worth that much. And you take and probably put what? $60,000 worth of sweat equity in. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, well, we we I think the materials that I end up needing to buy uh, didn't keep as good of records back then. I was about thirty to forty grand of materials Oof. and 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 labor over the year, but we sold it for a hundred and three thousand more than we bought it for. Okay, so so that was a three year period. So at the time I was getting paid full time, uh, I, I invested a down payment and then I basically turned or a hundred K, you know, 70 K net profit on that. And it was my primary home too. So when I sold it and it didn't matter how much I had put in over the years, because I would have wasted that on something silly. So essentially I was depositing my discretionary income into a property as like a savings account. And so I was able to make a hundred and three thousand dollar withdrawal three years later that I hadn't touched. And I actually, in that three-year period, got another bonus, I'm pretty sure, uh, and bought the duplex. Okay. So we we were spread. I hadn't even finished the house. It was just a great deal. So, all right, we're going to get that. I got some more capital built up. We hadn't even sold the house. We actually had to wait. It was The roof was leaking, I think, in seven <laughs> different places. Uh, I went in and replaced the ceiling tile and actually patched it before the appraisal so that when they came in, it looked like it was in good shape, knowing that the next time it rained, the plaster was just going to fall down again and that tile was going to get wet again so that he didn't think there was a bad roof on it. Um, but I just had to let it sit. And then we had buckets everywhere because I didn't have any more money. All my money went into that down payment. We were trying to finish up the other one. So I had two houses and and money, no money. And I was, I was investing it into these properties. Um, and working every single second that I had that I wasn't at the army. And that's the other thing is I built these, I did these real estate ventures. I have 12 combat deployments. I did, uh, nine of them since starting real estate. So I did four different remodels deployed to combat nine times and had, uh, birthed four children since we've been to North Carolina. My wife birthed them. Let me be, I know we got some ladies listening. I did not. Uh, yeah, I, birth. I, we, we, we know you, you, you didn't. Yep. Yeah. It's just, we're, not, we're, we're not that delusional crowd. Right. But right. Anyway. So I, I, we, I wasn't like I had a cush job with plenty of time. I did have holidays when, when you're gone, you're gone. When you're home, they try to get you out of work earlier because of our deployment cycle. But I was, I was gone, gone. I was, I was doing weeks away training. It was, it was six to nine months of my year. I was not at home for that entire period. And I was still getting these real estate projects done. Um, and so, you know, you, you can't, the other side of it is we talked about this, that perseverance and that continuing, you know, that long, uh, slow obedience in the same direction you can't expect this to happen fast. You know, there's these young bucks that are like, I got to get in there. I got to try to make this. It's like, no, it's marginal gains. That's right. Over time. So, and that's marginal gains in your skill sets. Yeah. And your ability to lay tile. You're not going to, I mean, I, I go back to those. I've, we actually have been back into those houses and I'll look at that job and I'll be like, you know, but <laughs> I can say that was my first tile job ever. Yes. You know? And, and I see it and most people don't, I just, I, where I am doing stuff for clients now, I'm just super meticulous and, and, and trying to execute at, at, at a really high level. So I'm very criti critical of, of it. And, and that's how we have the, the, the 
premium clients that we have is because of that. Well, I want to uh, get there. I want to get there yeah. because you you haven't started the construction business yet, right? So we've got two houses, no money. Just every moment of your time is going to into these houses to invest into them. Okay, so when do you start? When do you start turning the corner? And then what initiates the luxury construction part of your business? Well, I mean, you you know some of the story is I, I ended up as I was being gone, I was gone eight to nine, six to nine months out of the year, six to eight months out of the year, I, and the kids started coming. I just I felt every time I deployed, it was it was killing me. Uh, I, I need to be with these kids. I need to be with my wife. I need to be uh, home. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that that's the call for everyone. Uh, I'm eternally grateful for the men that can still be in the military and do what they're doing. But for me, God was pressing on my heart, you need to be there. And so we decided to get out and we made a plan. Um, uh, I had taken my last bonus that I took when in the army, I kind of knew I wasn't going to fill as a five year payment of 90 grand to stay in for five years. And, and the, the, the one thing the military does really good is to spend enough money to get you to stay in. So if you divide that by five years, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot. It's, it's a, it's a significant percentage. If you have an employee mindset, you think, man, I'm going to get a 7%, 10%, 12% raise is essentially what this can't remember what the exact percentage is of my, my, my base pay and my pay, my pays for just to stay in five more years. And, and what the government does, the bait and switch the government does is they give you that, that carrot up front yep. and they, and they, and they enslave you for five years from mm -hmm. my particular sit where I sit. So I'm going to get 90 grand up front. And they know once they give you that 90 grand, it's like, if you won't serve five years, you got to pay us back that 90 grand and people are not disciplined enough to have that money. So they spend it. They buy a nice car, they do whatever, and they have they don't have that money. I took that 90k and I said this is a small business loan that I'm going to have to pay back. When I took it. Um and I that may have been what I bought the duplex for. Uh I can't remember exactly timing wise, but I was like I'm going to buy real estate with it and I'm going to try to get liquid again when I'm ready to get out. It's an interest-free loan for a certain period. And then I had a little Excel spreadsheet. I knew if I got out, I was going to owe this money back. What I thought was, is it was going to be a payment plan when I got out. I thought that, all right, I'm going to have to, but just in case <laughs> I was like, it just feels like this is too good a deal for uncle sugar to be giving me. I want to make sure that I have it all cash. So the last we get out in de uh, uh, December 1st, 2016 was my last day. But what I did was on November 26th, I think, a few days prior, I bought an 8,300-square-foot broken-down mansion that had 11 bathrooms, was on two acres, was right in the middle of Pinehurst, North Carolina, okay. in Old Town. This is build, This is the house three, right? House three. Okay. Yep. Uh, counting the duplex as one, third yep, house. Yep, I kind of yep. sometimes will count duplex as two. But, yeah, I call it my undergraduate, my master's. So I, I bought my Ph.D. house. We put 100 and uh 15k down i think and then then i was like i still got about 60 70 80k whatever left because we'd cashed out a real as the duplex we cashed it out we had that so we had 250k uh bought bought uh 
So I, ba- I had still had a, a, I basically, in my mind, I got a year's salary in the bank still, even though I put this 115 down, uh, I can figure out what's going on. And, uh, and then the last day, uh, they said, oh, if you don't pay your bonus back last day, you got to pay taxes on it immediately. Ooh. So I, I knew, I was like, okay, I owe 40 grand because I have only done uh, a little over uh, three years or shorter three years of this. I own 40 grand. I'm going to use that to put HVAC in this house. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to be making payments to the government to pay that bonus off. They're like, no, no, no. That's taxable income this April. You're going to have to cut the check for taxes. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to have to cut check the taxes on that, I'm just going to pay the money back today and be free and clear. And you broke. And, I, and I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, that was half of, about half of what I had left on hand. We had two mortgages, five kids, no job. I went and bought a truck with, the re- with the rest of it, we had about 20K or so left. And I was like, all right, I can make it for 90 days with what I got now. And and looking back, that was God's grace because if I would have had all that money, I would have been lazy. I would have just, oh, I got a year. I'm going to work mm. on this house. I'm going to do this. God's like, no, no, Spearing, you don't get margin. Here you go. And and it, But at that, I felt so out of control. Like I have been in so many firefights and things. The fact that I was looking at that time horizon, I was like, I'm going to run out of money. Yeah, I, I just bought a broken down mansion. That's going to take 200 K uh, of materials likely to get it back to where it is. So I'm paying, you know, 2000 a month on this house. I got this duplex. So I just leveraged it all the way to get liquid to buy this other thing. So I'm paying money here. The rent on the back unit, pays almost all the mortgage. So that was nice, like canceling one mortgage, got no income and I can make it 90 days. So that's when I started the construction company. Uh, I was like, all right, I got to start this construction company because I can't just work on this house for a year now. I got to actually start bringing in clients now before the money runs out. And, and I got, I've charted it on my Instagram. I mean, we, we, I can go back and pull my bank statements and there was uh, about a year where every month uh, we did not have enough at the beginning of the month to pay what was coming due the beginning of the next month. And, uh, and that was uh, also, I realized that that financial security that I had from the military had become an idol. Mm. I trusted in a direct deposit from Uncle Sam instead of a heavenly father who rained manna down for 40 years for his people. And so I, and I was, I was a, I was a jerk mm. Mm. At, of a dad. I was, cause I was stressed. I was like, I, I'm, I'm not doing well at this business. Cue lawsuit, cue clients not paying on time, cue people taking and not realizing because I've never really done it for profit. So Nate, Nate, hold on, hold on. How long, how long is this process? How long is this process that you're going through this? Uh, probably till about six months ago. Oh, no way. So then when did it, so give me a year span. So 2017 till just recently. Well, I, w- I, it's not fair to say, uh, we have, we have had uh positive, uh, in, like increased percentage of profit right. every single year, except for COVID, which I can talk about. That was kind of like, I had well, been in, in it, it, we, we, we've been, uh, up and to the right every year, but you know, we're also remodeling a mansion. We're also got real estate. There's, there's a lot more cash going out than ever before. So the, the cash has got to be coming in. Um, but yeah, I would say probably, uh, 
two and a half years of really, really slim, uh, barely making it kind of years. So, um, so okay. So I want I want to hold that there for a second. We got the was, man. This is really good. So then at this point, um, your God is sanctifying you in your personal life through the work that you're doing. <laughs> That's Amen. I don't think that should be missed at all. And it's the Amen. kind of sanctification that you wouldn't have gotten at if you don't weren't where you currently are. You know, yes. uh, and so that's that's something really important to talk about. So, well, the, I, th- I think that the 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 distinction, the pre and post fall distinction that we have to make is work existed before the fall. I know people have said that a lot. We know that. I think work exists in the new heavens and the new earth. Yes, as well. Yes, uh, I love Leaf by Niggle, the the see the Tolkien uh, book. I know the eschatology and the there's purgatory and there's things like that, but I love the imagery that's there of this guy painting and this guy working at something and just really, you know, there's this tension between I'm really trying to do this painting and then you got your neighbor coming in and bugging you and this, that heartstring kind of pull. And even just for me, that, that tension between providing value for paying clients, but then also being home for dinner on time and Mm -hmm. having enough to pay my own bills and, and being able to provide. So that, that, um, the, the work was fun in the army and there was always a direct deposit and there was always benefits. So the, the, the government essentially says, you be a slave for us. We'll take care of everything else, you know, and, and is, and if you are halfway disciplined, you can live a, a great middle-class life on a government salary. You get a stipend for housing. That's not taxable. So, you, you know, there's a lot of benefits to that. You get some bonuses. Uh, that, that's yeah. Bonuses that, yeah. But, that you can use to build wealth. And if you want to, if you want to be smart about it. And so just, and then this was not a master plan that I had. This was not something that's literally started out as I want to live downtown. I want to be able to walk on those sidewalks and be able to go to the park and things like that. Just a positive uh, place to live. And then, oh, look, there's another deal. And there's a, and, and I wasn't setting out to be a real estate mogul. I was literally trying to create a house. And, and I've recently recorded, not yet published this podcast yet, about that tension between you know, a productive household and productive property. And, and for a Christian, a, a home that is beautiful, that you can entertain people in well, that you can raise children in, and that you can do homeschooling, and that is safe and secure for them, and that's, and that's beautiful, and that causes their mind to, to expand, is, is more valuable than just what's my cash flow and my ROI. But we have been able to pair that with old homes, restore, restoring them, bringing back life, being... Uh, very intentional about beauty and a lot of those older homes, they just understand it, understood proportion and balance yes. and trim and these things that are just lost art. So we were able to have kind of this canvas that just needed to be uncovered again and learn these skills, but then grow our family and our, our family being a, a family that works all the time. And that is time together. And, and, and we're putting in fences and we're doing these things that are, are difficult and that are also causing me to have to be kind to my son and to not be a jerk when he doesn't know yet and to give him mm. opportunities to grow and my daughters and just, and I think that that's, we maybe as parents want to say, oh, you know, it was really hard for me. I don't want it to be hard for them. I want to give them that suburban lifestyle and those, you know, whatever, but it's not how 
that it's supposed to be. That's the American dream. Like my pastor says, the American dream has swallowed up the church. And, and, and we have this comfort-minded, this bank account balance, this emergency fund, this pension, this whatever. And it's, it's a, a self-licking ice cream cone. It's slavery. We're the most enslaved that we have ever been as a global society. It's just done through voluntary debt. It's done through student loans. It's done through marketing things to us that we don't need, that we go out and we buy that doesn't uh, appreciate in value, and and we and it doesn't really enhance our life at all. Um, and and it's terrible. And and you and do you know that. I, I even think some of that wouldn't be so bad if we worked, right? I think we've 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 just kind of become lazy, and so those things. Um, that would could be just pure joy aren't really joys or curses because they encourage us not to work anymore. But there's, mm-hmm. there, you know, to have uh, work put back right so we understand what we're doing and we're being priest of the thing, there's another form of enjoyment that doesn't necessarily have to have an appreciation value to everything, right? But if you don't know how to use that in a priestly manner, then you're using it wrong. And I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge problem to this. I want to ask you, though, real quick— um, do you, how do you, because I want to get to the second half of the story, but in this middle part, I think a lot of people have to be asking, could you have done now in the current 2023 area where things are a little insane, could you have done that now yes. in, in the current market? Because let me just, most people who I, maybe they can, but I don't know if a lot of folks are going to be able to get their hands on $40,000 cash to start to, to be able to get capital to buy a house. I don't, I don't know where people, you, you talk about this current generation and keep people who are in their twenties um, and in their uh, early, mid early thirties, they're trying to figure out how in the world do I develop, get this capital to even get started on that? Because I got to come up with at least double the kind of capital that you have to come up with to even get a loan. Mm-hmm. So is the situation right now still prime for me to even try this? Yeah, well, I think that the concept is that you take money and you invest it in something that will bring a greater return than it's sitting in the bank or you spending it on Netflix. And so conceptually, that can be anything. And I'll give you one example. So my younger brother uh, used to buy four-wheelers and then resell them. Okay. There's a lot of people that go out and buy these toys. They buy a four-wheeler. They, they yeah. can't really afford it. Uh, they run it into a tree, you know, they bust right. the headlight. They don't really take care of it. Well, what won't start, you know, it's sitting in the garage for a while. Now they got to pay rent. Okay. I'm going to sell this four wheeler. I need it. They need it gone quick because they didn't manage things. Well, they didn't maintain it well. And so it sat. And so if you have some savvy to go in there and do a little assessment on it and you get some skill, you can buy a four wheeler. And make $1,000 if you don't have to sell it right away. If you can wait a week or two, you can wait a month to sell it because it's broken. It won't start. And so now this guy, he's, all right, maybe I just need to clean this, uh, clean the fuel lines out. Maybe I need to get a new battery. Maybe, I mean, just little things, you know, and some of the things you do is like, I'm going to reweld this, this uh, cattle guard on this razor, you know, whatever, like a little bit higher technical thing. So I think that that's, you know, Gary V does those garage sale uh, videos on YouTube where he goes and, and, and buys stuff on at garage sales and sells it on eBay 
Uh, he's doing his research right there. What is this? Oh, because people are just doing garage sales. There's a lot of things. And you just, hey, he's, he's haggling. And he's talking about how he's taking a Saturday and he's turning it into two or three hundred dollars. So mm. instead of instead of viewing, uh, OK, I, I don't have 40 grand. I can't do any investing. What what amount of money do you have right now? And how can you double it if it's 50 bucks and you are going to learn something from trying to double that 50 bucks? And we can do this with our kids right now. Um, you know, hey, here's a hundred dollar investment. I want you to turn it. I don't care how you do it. I'm not going to give you the idea. Your final exam is you bring me 200 bucks back, you know, at, at whatever age is appropriate. And you go out and do it. And I, I gave an example at our, our classical school at our church. Um, I went to career day and I said, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. This is what I do. I went to um, Dollar Tree and I bought a pack of assorted candies. So you get 10 or 15 pieces of assorted candies uh, for a buck. And then I gave everybody in the class a dollar. And I said, uh, all right. This is your dollar, your dollar. You get to keep it, you know? So you got this six, six year old, eight year old, 12 year old, like I got a buck, you know, automatically I'm the coolest dad that came in to talk about his vocation. Sure. He just yeah, gave me money, you know? Him. Yeah. So all right. um, now which one of you wants to be my business partner? You know, oh, hands up. All right. You got to give me your dollar back and you may not get any money. If you join this business venture back, you may lose your dollar forever. You know, and I look at the kids and someone be like, mm, you know, and one kid's like, let's do it. I didn't do anything with money anyway. Let's go. I'm with you. So I like you come on. So I walked out in the hallway and I say, all right, here's this candy. Uh, you got 25 pieces, you know, whatever this, the actual value of this candy is $2. So you're going to give me a dollar. I'm going to give you $2 worth of candy. We're 50, 50 partners in this. I have the money, the original money. You go in and do the sales for me now. And you go see if you can get all your dollars. And I'm like, you know, like what, do the math is 10 pieces of candy. These candies cost 10 cents. So if you can say, hey, I'm, who wants a, a one of these uh, now and laters? It's a buck, you know, or I'll give you, you just figure out the pricing. So we did a little quick thing out in the hallway. They go back in there. I'll say, your goal as a salesperson is to get all those dollars. At the end, we're splitting the money and you get to keep half of it, you know? So they go back in. I'm like, you're allowed to sell it. You know, you can sell all the way down to 10 cents and break even. So start out and see how many. And so they go in there and they do this. So they get their sales lesson. They got to go in there. And, and most of the time, you know, they got all the money back from their class. So we got 20 bucks there or we got whatever. And most of them bought that now and later for a dollar. Like, shoot, I got this dollar. And that's most of America. <coughs> Give me right. whatever. I'll give you what I got. I want that thing now. And he ended up, so then he got it, you know, get half the class gave their dollar for the now and later. Yeah. Candy's better than a dollar. Anyway, I'm in second grade, you know? And, and then, then he ends up as he did this business venture with me, they have, he or she had 10 bucks, you know, now, and their class all had candy. Everybody's happy. That's a, that's a free market exchange. And then I said, all right, I'm gonna take this receipt out now. And I gave the whole class, like, here's the, here's what I paid paid 10 cents for that. You gave me a dollar. We made 90% over, you know, uh, on that. Uh, and, and, uh, 90% of that dollar I got to keep, you know, that was as a thousand percent markup, you know, and it's, 
it's that's that is the lesson that we're not teaching our children at an early age. Well, we don't and even have they, that lesson ourselves, though. Like, th- correct. Th- everything I just heard you say was basically get your hustle on, figure out mm-hmm. a way that can bless somebody. What what is it they need? Or I mean, I'm just thinking about this as you were talking. There's so many things around. I mean, if you have a if you not learn how to barbecue, it's one of the more simplest things to do. Um, it takes time. And mm-hmm. but it, it, here's what can happen in a short of the time that it takes you to barbecue, a person can taste that, and in less than five seconds, they can tell if you love humans or not, mm-hmm. right? And it's a, the amount of effort you put, and they're willing to pay for the love that you're able to produce. And mm-hmm. I don't think that we've thought enough about humans to say, how can I make sure that you know? I've thought about this, like just open. I would love to just make food for people. Like well, I just want to eat his food because I'm happier when I eat it. Right, mm-hmm. like, like, and, yeah. And ultimately, what you're doing is you're selling an experience, right? Now, whether that product that you have, that car, is an experience, that house is an experience, that food is an experience. A remodel ultimately is me saying you are going to get to experience this space differently forever. Now, and that's that's my marketing, even just with kitchens and bathrooms, is like you spend. How many times you use your bathroom at your house, your master bathroom or your kitchen, and what are you using it for? So that theology of the home that undergirds that we understand that the kitchen is where family and friends come together. How do we design them such that, and that's, I, and I blow clients minds when I come in and I say, all right, first, first design meeting, you know, we go through and I, I get paid at almost always the second meeting I've, I've gotten paid when I show up. I do initial consult. I talk about our methodology, our process. I got a brand that's recognizable. I've gotten referred from people. I got reviews. I got this. I put a lot. I hire professional photographers. And so I show up and I say, all right, here's our process. I'm going to look at what you got going. I'm going to give some ideas. I'm going to demonstrate expertise. Then I'm going to give you a preliminary estimate that this kitchen is going to cost X. And the next thing that we do after that I'll answer some questions, whatever. Maybe I have to go back out sometimes and get some clarity. But then you're giving me 5% of that, and I'm doing the design for you. And so once we get into that design phase, I'm handing them a checklist. I'm handing them exercises and things to do. And I say, all right, who sits in this kitchen? Who Who cooks? Who cooks what? Where does it go? All right, use your kitchen for a week. Leave everything that you touch out on the counter. Are we thinking about where this goes? All right, who sits in here with you? Is it just your husband most of the time? Do your kids, when you come in from the car, where do you want the groceries to go? When you do these things, and it's, it's, it's literally optimizing this environment for what matters for your family. And people have never even been asked about that. So how many people come over when you have a party? How often? Where are they going to sit? Are you sitting in here while you're preparing food? Are they out in the living room? Do you want to be able to be a part of it? While you're, are you kind of an introvert? You want to hang out in here? And you want to be left alone because you just want to do the food and get these people fed. And that's how you serve people. And understanding that about these clients and, these, and their rhythms of their home, that's, that's biblical. And we understand it because we've been given the keys, the cheat codes uh, about the universe. And we're serving these clients. And they, just, they don't even know. Like It's a completely different way to just say, it's not just, oh, it's going to look nice. No, this is to function. It's going to be beautiful. And it's going to optimize. And that's how we, we charge a premium. I mean, I, to charge for estimates is ridiculous in our industry. You see free estimates plastered all over everybody's car. And every time I see free estimates, I smile to myself and say, that guy doesn't value his time. 
Mm. That guy's been in the trades. He's got skill sets. Now, obviously, there has to be an evaluation. There has to be demonstration that you're trustworthy and have expertise. But very quickly for me, we're getting to, if you want my time, husband, father of five, real estate investor, got a lot of other things I'm trying to do while I'm on this earth. There's not a lot of contractors out there like me. If you want the product I provide, you want the skills that I have, and you want me to bring a portion of my mind against this problem set with your home, pay up. If you don't, I got to line out the door because, I mean, I literally, I'm just what I'm unleashing now, I'm buying consumer data off the internet. I'm doing direct mail campaigns. I've, I started a podcast specifically for my construction business where I have all the conversations that I wish clients would know. My goal is to get somebody that calls me up and says, hey, Nate, I've listened to your podcast. I know I got to pay 5%. Can you come measure my kitchen and tell me what the preliminary estimate is? I got a checkbook ready. I've seen this kitchen. I've seen that kitchen. I want that. Let me know when you can schedule you. And I'm building it all into my website, into my brand in such a way that I am, am providing value that is unprecedented by any other company locally. And I'm in a local small market. Nobody's going on and scraping uh, mortgage data and finding out what equity position people are in, what their annual revenue is, and then crafting marketing creative to direct market in a small town in middle of North Carolina. There's none of my competitors are doing that. I am going to destroy everybody over time. And I'm not going to get complacent. I'm always, I'm reading these books. I'm trying to, and I'm so excited when I wake up because I get to try to be creatively solve a problem to find these people that want new kitchens and to offer it to them and then to be excited about it and me to do it. I mean, my guys um, are the highest quality subcontractors. I'm, I'm, I'm dressing well. I'm providing like everything we do, how you use the bathroom, how, where our trash goes, how you park at the job site. We're trying to specify all that, trying to make the thing is, and, and it's the construction industry is abysmal. And for the longest time, even when I first started, I'm like, I'm, I'm better than most people here. But now I'm getting to this phase where it's like, it's not okay. And that's why I paused some of these other things I'm excited about. The Life on Target podcast, Spearing Co., Warrior Sending Gardens, all these things like, no, I don't want a client to, which all, almost all my clients are following my personal Instagram, my Twitter, my things. And talk about that. You get these clients that can find in two clicks, they can find uh, what I think politically, right. what I think religiously. They can, they can search my name and it's like, I've, I'm done playing games. This is who I am. This is what I believe. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to squelch my, my business Instagram links to my personal Instagram, which links to my website, which you can two, three clicks, you know exactly who I am. And, and guess what? I'm okay with it. Because if you, if you know who I am and you like me and you like my family, then I can serve you well as a professional. And, 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 and we have clients that don't have the same political views that I have. And, and, and they may not know, they may not care. Um, but they will definitely be referring me because of my expertise at construction. I'm not trying to hit them in the face with a track. I'm trying to do excellent work. And we haven't, we don't always have the talk on the first, second, or third meeting, but I'm in their house for six months. And you better believe I'm talking about why I do this. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I, I have this opportunity, that God's given me these skills, that we're doing this with our home. My kids are coming, they're meeting. It's, it's, it's so fun. And then to be making money at it finally, to understand how to price jobs where when you get done, 
You got money in the bank. Okay, and so I, that's why I want to. Uh, no, that, no, I don't want to interrupt because you, you I sound like a charismatic preacher, and I'm, I think you know, <laughs> I'm guarding my wallet because I think next you're gonna ask me for an offering the way you're talking. Um, yeah. But at what point did you said roughly around six or seven months ago things started to shift for you? Shift, yes. What was it that clicked that started to shift? Was it just that this is what happens when you start putting things into the garden? It takes a couple of years before you start seeing uh, the value of it? Is it the 5,000 or 10,000 hour rule? What was it that in the last six or seven months that things started to shift and to what degree? Yeah, I think that um, for sure there being that, that yield, you know, the fruit tree, we read about that in scripture, kind of the fifth year uh, being when you really get that fruit. So, you know, that's kind of, I'm about to start my seventh year of business. Um, so yeah, it's, we're right around that mark, you know, that five, six year mark where there is definitely some residual, but I also had to realize I can't do everything. Mm. I can either be mediocre at a bunch of stuff mm. or I can be really, really good at a few things. Mm. And I, I had to say to myself, and I still have to fight it. I mean, I'm a risk taker. I'm a visionary. I want to spin these things off, but realizing that I have to be excellent at this and I went out and did that thing at Chris Wiley's church, Trad Dad Conference. It's available, uh, you know, Canon Plus stuff, whatever. But I was literally, I'm out at Trad Dad. I'm speaking. I'm excited. I get time to write. I believe in it. I'm learning a lot. I'm preparing this message. But then I'm, I come back from that and I lose a $370,000 project. Mm. Because in that time that I was preparing this speech and I was traveling, I was doing those things. I wasn't getting, I wasn't speedily getting numbers back to people. I wasn't helping these existing clients. So finally realizing like, it's, it's great to be on stage and speak about stuff, but realizing I got time to do that. And the better I am at my work and the more that I produce in, in real life things in construction and real estate with my family, I, I have plenty of time to do the speaking thing, to do this. And guess what? As a billionaire real estate guy, that's the speaking engagements are more to me. And, and, and I also realize I have my 14 year old sitting here. It takes, I need to give them time. I only have a certain amount of time that they're there. That's so when right. I am editing a podcast at my office after finishing my day job and I'm getting home at 1 a.m. and I miss doing family worship and prayers with them to get the podcast out by 5 a.m. on Friday mornings, while my clients aren't getting the best of me, something's got to go. Yeah. So I pause the podcast and I want to bring it back. I got Eli working on editing stuff for me. I'm figuring out how to capture it while I'm doing my workouts with a gimbal and a better mic. And we're figuring these things out because I think media is incredibly important for recruiting, for brand, for all these things. So I, I want to get good at that. Um, but I'm getting good at that and I'm able to hire people from profits yes. and I'm able to build a team. And so what I'm able to do is replicate myself via conversations like this and, and people can get a yield from this in the future. I'm able to work things out even internally from the questions you're doing and I'm able to get back to it and I'm doing it, you know, selectively and focusing on construction. And as soon as I said, I'm just going to do remodeling this business that even me just given half of my effort has been making money Let's see what happens when I give it everything yeah. professionally yeah. for a period and and go all in. And it literally I had the brand, I had the uh the expertise, but I hadn't ever given it that focus. And I did, man, and it's just boom, it's there. So I guess the admonition I would give is 
find the thing that you can do that no one else can do or the thing that you're not really that excited about, but God is bringing a yield from and that effort that you're giving. And, and, and I'm, I have always thought construction is just the thing I'm going to do until I get this yeah, next thing. Yeah. Spit it. What? And I'm like, no, some aspect of what I do for the rest of my life will involve the trades and construction and remodeling. And maybe it ends up having a little bit more of an educational or a medial media flair to it. But this is my job. This is my calling. And it's a good enough for me to just do a couple kitchens and baths a year and raise five children that love the Lord with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's enough. I don't need to be on the cover. I don't need to be. But at the same time, I do not think that that, that, that yield and that return that God gives from that focus of our talents and energy isn't it's this, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you take a whole day off for in seven? That's for the Lord. Well, I don't work on 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 Sabbath. I can I can somehow God has wired it that I can work six days and beat the heathen who's working seven. Come on, because now. we that that leisure and rest that is in that is is being in Christian community and singing praises and going to church and hanging out and and just saying I'm pausing it. I'm putting do not disturb on. I'm training my clients not to call me and I'm going to rest in the Lord. And then I'm going to wake up Monday at 5 a.m. So excited about life and what God has for me. I've planned my day out and I've thought about it and I plan my week out. And these are the things I'm going to hit. And if you do that week in and week out, there is yield and that focus and God rewards it oh, in his way. You, you know, I don't trust people who don't Sabbath. I just mm. don't. Because they think that they're going to outwork how God has designed the whole universe to work. There is a materialistic aspect to people who work all seven days thinking that they are somehow going to get the thing accomplished that requires the blessing of the Lord. You, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't, this isn't just material that has a function. This is the world, the materials that God made functions the way he's designed them to, to work. Yep. Right. And so the, the yep. and Sabbath is built into everything. Everything needs. And until we can understand that as part of creation, we can't inherit the blessings of the Lord properly and we can't be good priests. Right. And so yep. anyway, I want to open up right now uh, before Nate runs off because he's got stuff to do. Uh, I want to open up anybody who has questions for Nate. You can. I just put a link inside of the social media platforms on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, it is already if you're on X. You can just go ahead and uh, flag your hand up there, and I'll give you rights to be able to speak and ask a question to Nate. Um, I want to talk while everybody's figuring out what their question is, Nate, and deciding whether or not they're going to come in. I do want to talk about this real quick. We have discouraged the trade so much from our children that we're destroying the ability for us to have housing in a competitive market in the future. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. You know, I, I grew up, my wife's uncle was a construction guy, him and his dad. And so I I found those guys out because I say, like, if you can build a house and you understand how that works, you can serve everybody in the world. Right. Like mm-hmm. that was that was a thing. And so I learned to develop those skills. But right. It seems that um, people have discouraged the idea of being a plumber or they've discouraged mm-hmm. the idea of a carpenter. And and right during covid Everything took off for whatever reason. It's, it, this whole thing is so weird. But you start seeing tradesmen like the 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 necessity of guys who knew a skill excellently, 
mm-hmm. and people couldn't find them anymore. And so yeah, they, I've, I've heard between 50 to 100 people leave the trades and are being replaced by seven. I've heard two different stuff. So if, if you're just literally a business person, you're thinking, okay, 100, 100 people are leaving or being replaced by seven. The price is going to go up. Right. The plumbing, you think plumbing and HVAC and electrical work is expensive now? Oh, we you know, are. wait until inflation continues. And, and guess what? I set my labor prices at whatever I want on the, on the reg. So you think that it's, uh, we're literally going to be charged. And that uh, there's a joke that goes around and the meme is like, yeah, you know, Oh, you, you became a contractor. You know, you didn't go to medical school. Yeah. I, I didn't, I w- couldn't make enough money as a doctor. Right. You know, right. Like, I mean, literally right. doctors, I, I'm working for two doctors right now, you know, and they're paying me a high premium. I am making on their job. I am making top, you know, percentage income for for a, a whole year off of one job. I got five going right now, mm. you know, and I got five or six in the hopper in various stages. Like it's and and I and I'm doing it right now as me and a couple guys in the field. Like I'm I'm trying to lease more office space. I'm trying to hire operations guys. I'm trying to get my executive assistant in here. Um, you know, I guess that's if you're in uh, central North Carolina, uh, and you want to come work for our company, uh, you got to hit, hit me up because we're, we're trying to build it out. And, um, and we'll, we'll make sure everybody gets a website too. But he, part of the deal that people don't understand in this is that it won't just be trades. You need a full marketing company right now, right? Yeah. You need a full media company right now. You don't just mm-hmm. need somebody who can, uh, do toilets and do walls and do electric and do no, 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 no. Because of the way the market is now and social media, what it is, you need somebody who's a producer. Like you have your own TV show. So in doing construction and, and real estate, you've expanded a whole nother branch of content creators and creation that wasn't there in a previous market. And so, yeah, and I have, I mean, we have a iPhone setup That's the media phone for capture. I have every single day because of the work we're actually doing in the real world, real remodels, structural beams, you know, drywallers getting hanging sheets on stilts running around. It is exciting, fast paced, original content every single day. I'm not having to make, and I have, and that's what we've talked about this that kind of led to this. I have every single invoice contract design agreement that I have ever done for this is about to go into seventh year in my construction company, except for the first job I did. I got a check for that one. And I think I penciled the estimate out for them because it was somebody in my church, but every single job I've done in construction since I started in December, 2016 until now, I have it all, I have all my financials, I have everything on the share drive. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put that out mm. for free Woo! because what I needed to know was the secrets. I everybody that I was listening to was talking about Come uh, on, this man. is what you got to charge enough for your skills. Okay, well, what the heck is that right, number? Right. Tell me what you're charging. Now, the other side of it is is you have to char- you can't really charge what you want to make right away because you suck. Yeah, that's and right. that's the other side of it is you got to give yourself time to get better. Man, you. But are I'm going to say, hey, this is this thing that I this is the first job I did. 
This is how much I charged. Here's the estimate. Here's the work. Here's the photos. Like I've been Instagramming and photographing and videoing, not high quality, but it's it the material is there. I got six years. We've we've done three point two million dollars in sales over six years. We've done a million of that uh, contracts in the last six months. Mm. So we're we're ramping up volume wise, but I want to basically just show that, Hey, if you are making 10 million a year, you're making 2 million a year. You probably don't care what I have to say in your business. But if you are a contractor that's making, uh, uh, doing a hundred thousand in gross sales and ending up with 30,000 at the end of the year and, and poor, all right, we're going to get you to a hundred thousand net for free. Uh, here's everything. Now, if you make a hundred thousand net, and you got some money and you want to learn because I'm going to keep going. I'm not done. I'm, I'm improving. I'm hiring coaches. I'm building my business. I'm not stopping. If you want to learn the notes for year seven, year eight, year nine, for when I'm a five, ten million dollar, I'm a $10 million company, I'm whatever, then maybe we'll, we'll charge for that. Um, but it's going to come from having built, taught you how to start and build a business that is profitable, that you're making a high percentage a year income off of, and you say, "All right, Nate, I'm ready to take it to the next level." All right, so, hold up, man. Uh, where where are you going? Where do you? How do you get this? How do you get? This? They don't. They don't want to ask you a question. I want got somebody here, Ellie. She's gonna wants to ask you a question. How do you get in touch with you to be able to get game like that? Uh, it feels spearing, like a drug deal. Spearing <laughs> co. Get on the email list. Um, and uh, or follow any of the social handles that are at the top of spearing.co. Um, I will announce when it goes live, I will be sending that out on my email. I have basically have plan in my mind to do three additional podcasts right now. One that deals on family real estate investing and talks through here's the here's the how they basically house one single family, house two duplex, house three uh, vacation luxury vacation rental mansion. Wait, wait, so wait, I'm gonna take wait, you through wait, that. Okay, wait, 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 hold on, wait too much fire hose yeah. fire hose all right yeah spearing.co that's where you're yep. dropping the first crack hit and then after that people gonna be hooked and then you're gonna charge whatever you want got it all right spearing.co yeah. is if you want to yeah. get hit i got two people here i want to get in i want to get ellie and then see clayton just came in ellie you have the floor i saw you share the show you can go ahead and speak clayton if you did not share this show you can't come in here fam I promise you it's going to be a problem. So hit the share button because you want to hear. He putting you up on game to make a, a million dollars. Come on now. Hit the share button. Put it out there. All right, Ellie, it's yours. Um, I would like Mr. Nate Spearing to be at Fight Lefty's conference next year in Texas and for us to teach teach us all to shoot guns. That was my first request. Uh, <laughs> number two. <laughs> uh I've got a question um, in regards to what kind of advice do you have for uh, single parents? And I know there are single parents who are, you know, male and female. So a father who's got kids, no wife around or vice versa, you know, was a wife and she's got no husband anymore. She's got kids. How would you advise them in terms of the area of work? Because now they've got to juggle both sides of taking care of the kids, um, raising them well, but also being the breadwinner. They are the uh, head of the household. How? What kind of advice can you give them? Yeah, right, I think Ellie, that I'm going to take, take you off the speaker. Uh, Nate, go ahead and answer. Yeah, I think that um, that's why we have the church. Mm. Uh, and um, that is where you can go and say, I need help. 
Um, and, and I, I am, I am, I have less resources than maybe is ideal from, from any number of circumstances. This is where it is. And, you know, my, my grandmother was a, a single mom. My grandfather passed away when my mom was six months old and she was pregnant with her second. So I, I have in my family watched a woman, she was a high school guidance counselor and then coached my mom's sports activities. So she basically was in the same schedule as my mom, you know, different time. So I'd say that, that this is an era where like the ability to do these things, to take a little bit of money and make a marginal gain on it. You can do that self-employed from your house, these high paying skills that can be done virtually, the bookkeeping, the uh, virtual assistant admin stuff, the media stuff that can be, it's not tied to your time. You want to get away from hourly and you want to get a by project kind of thing. My clients don't see our hourly rate. They see, I'm going to give you this kitchen for this right. much money. And if I'm efficient and I'm able to get the work done and I'm able to jump in there and swing a hammer myself sometimes or whatever. So get away from the hourly, get, get these skills that, you know, photography, um, you know, and these different hours that are flexible that you get to do a little bit of work that's editing and things like that. So those are the things that kind of come to mind. Like, and, and if you have a job, don't just quit. Like, keep doing that job. View that as as plundering Egypt. I'm gonna mm. do really well. I'm gonna make the bricks that they make me make with the straw that they give me. I'm gonna do a good job. I'm gonna provide above value, above average value to my employer. But that's it. I'm getting paid this much to do this this job. This is my job description. I'm gonna do it when I'm a, when I get off. Transition as fast as you can to the thing that you're trying to get free from that hourly hourly wage and 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 do task-based stuff and then let the church have the church men help you the church women help me hey can my son come work with you uh i'm a single mom i need i need him to come tag along with you i trust you he's you're not going to be putting stuff around him you're going to take care of him just have him ride with that guy in the truck let him have his mind expanded by watching uh, other men work, other women work, whether it's a, a single mom, single, single dad. So resource the church. Everything you just said, I can't say more. I was going to say that last part you just said, but you said as far as the, what to do with your young man, there's godly men in the church. They have, in one sense or another, a father lineage through covenant realities. Find the men Amen. who need the help and who are great godly men and let your son um, you know, I've thought about this a lot with, with college. We have NSA here and I still might, my, all my kids might not go to NSA or might do, I don't know, but for what their talents are, I'm going to find the kind of godly man that I have around me. I'm going to say, Hey, listen, sir, I'm going to pay you 15, $20,000 or whatever for my son to come work underneath your, your tutelage. If mm-hmm. and you get to fire him, if he doesn't work hard, fire him. Right. But yeah. I want him to follow you around and be your hand, your armor bearer, whatever that is. There's all kinds of different ways to do this. The other thing is, so you said it very well, Nate, but I just want to add this one thing. You t- you started with this when we when we had the conversation, which was six days you should work. Mm-hmm. Take that extra day that most companies don't require you to work, and use it with your child to to all work is is another form of having fun, right? Teach your child, you and your child, to build something that is of value to other people and have fun doing it, and then. Using that day, let God be able to bless that thing so it sprouts out. So mm-hmm. work the sixth day, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, Do my, a 10 hour, 10, 12 hour day on on Saturday, which is yes. is 25% of a full time job. 
So every right. every month you're logging an entire week of hours on that side thing. That's right. And so you're in in 12 months, you're doing, you know, you're just getting 12 weeks of of labor in instead of 52 or whatever. But it, you know, that means you're gonna get a full year's worth of work in in three and some change or four and some change years, you know. Yeah. And so say, and that's when I'm gonna quit four years from now. I'm gonna go full time. Or, yeah. you know, we have a guy in our church that does cyber stuff. He cuts trees on the weekend. And he literally is having a conversation with me. He's like, I'm going to try to do 10 grand every weekend in doing tree services. And I'm not going to even, I don't even need it to live on. I'm just going to buy the machines and I'm going to do this because I got, I got Friday afternoon and all day Saturday, we're going to take 10 trees out, you know, or four trees out with a crane. And, and I'm just going to keep putting that back into the business and field and cruise. And so it's, there's these just creative ways Say, I'm going to take dominion and I'm going to use yes. that marginal time. And every night too, like, I mean, if you're working eight hours, just you got, that's why you got to work out. You have to have good nutrition so that you're not getting hitting that's that right. groggy in the afternoon. You got to get to sleep on time so you can wake up so that you, I mean, I'm tracking my sleep. I'm, I'm like, all right, I got to get my seven and a half. If I don't get my seven and a half today, I got to get it tomorrow. Hey kids, we got to get in bed. We, our whole family goes to bed. We're all in bed at like nine 15. You know, and we all go to bed. It's not bedtime for you. Bedtime, like, hey, family power down at nine. You know, daddy's got to get his sleep because he's getting up at five and working out, whatever, and, and, and setting those rhythms and it not being different every day. You're not staying up late and binging Netflix right. and then, oh, now I'm groggy on Saturday. It's like, no, nine, nine 15, I'm in bed, 5 a.m. alarm every single day. I sleep in on Sunday, you know, a little bit because it's the Sabbath. That's my day I get to go. I wake up at 6.30 or so. Instead of five, oh. you know, but, but I'm going to bed <laughs> on time every night, you know? Uh, all right. Clayton, he's here. Clayton, please tell me that you shared the show. Yes, sir. I did. Okay. Cause I was about to, I was about to drop. Oh, you. What's up, man. You, what's your question? <clears throat> My first question is to Nate. And that's when, um, when are we going to get some more live on target episodes? That's yep. my first question to Nate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long you've been listening to the the live stream, but I got I've recorded about five or six. Did you hear that, Elon? He wants to know when we get more life on target. Five or six. You're gonna five or six it? in the pipeline. Five or six in the pipeline. I want to <laughs> be able to uh, edit them, schedule them, make sure that I don't drop off again. Um, but I also have kind of in my mind. I got to build my wife a house. We didn't even get to the fact that we've been now, living in a bus for almost two years. We was gonna, so, I was going to talk about that after this. Go ahead. Yeah, that's why I wasn't at Fight, Laugh, Feast this year. It killed me to see all the text. I am a social butterfly. I want to be there. I want to be with the people. But I had to stay home. I had to stay on the business because I got to build my wife a house. And that's what, you know, putting it all into this business, make some money so I can build her a house. So I have basically decided when in May is like until I dig her, the, dig the foundation of my house, I'm not dropping uh, an episode, which we're hoping is is was I was been saying this month, but it's probably going to be in a week or two into November. So uh, hopefully we'll be bringing that back. But then as well, I've, I've got these plans for these additional sub show kind of things that deal specifically with trades, specifically with real estate, specifically with the tactical household kind of thing. So, um, and I'm trying to hire people to help me do it too. So sweet. <clears throat> Second question. Two for one. Um, what? Yeah. I'm going to use up all the time I can here. Um, no. So seriously, uh, 
what advice or like what wisdom do you have? Um, so I like I currently work a full time job and then mm-hmm. I have like a side gig um, that I do at night. And then um, I, my current job, I have to work Monday through Saturday. And mm-hmm. but I have like a side gig that I that I'm doing right now and have been doing for a little bit now. And uh, at at what point um, do you. Yeah. Do you have any wisdom or any measurements or any principles that I could use to like measure to be like, um, you know, when, when I like, where's the platform and maybe there's not to exit, you know, where's the exit the sign that says, you know, turn right Mm -hmm. here, go this way where I'm doing these two things together. And then I eventually go off onto the other one full time, um, and just solely do that. Right. And, um, because I've, I just to give context, I, I work in healthcare and and I do healthcare marketing really, but um, was in healthcare for a long time now and was doing that full time, and then I jumped off and helped my buddy who does IT. I helped basically build his business and uh, it was kind of a partnership for six months together, and it was amazing, fun, and wonderful. And as I was, I was doing what I was doing for him, I realized like, oh wow, I could probably make a lot of money if I did the same thing for other people. And yeah. so, um, at that yeah, point, I mean, the big thing is, is, is it's yeah. never going to feel like back to the very beginning of this, that you're always in, you're in control of it all. So there's a, and, and ultimately it's a, it's a wisdom thing and you, you have to pray. You have to say, Lord, uh, and, and I would pray if you're in this, like, when is it time? Say, Lord, help me not be a chicken. Help me to launch, help me to jump off the edge. Uh, and, and, you know, my wife jokes is like, you know, it's not really that risky for you, Nathan, because you just, you're an expert at building airplanes in flight, you know, like you, you just, I, you get better at jumping. So if you, if you could quit now and probably make that side thing work, um, you know, I, I just, it's, it's a, it's a runway measurement to say, but you're never going to want when you got that employment and that check, you're never going to want to let it go. It's going to feel really hard to let it go, but literally if you're doing what God's called you to do, the money's going to be there. And you have to believe that even when there's no chance that doesn't seem like it's going to make sense. And you still write the tithe check. You still show up to church on Sunday. You don't say, oh, well, this one's my ox is kind of in the ditch this Sunday. Like, no, like you don't kick your ox in the ditch and then claim that you don't honor the Sabbath, you know, so set it up. Say, I'm going to, I'm going to make a covenant to not profane the Sabbath to not work on the Sabbath. I'm not going to use that. Okay, God, this is the season, whatever. Like there's not a season I see that you just let the Sabbath go by because you're trying to hustle grind to a certain spot. So I'm going to honor the Sabbath. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it holy and I'm going for it, God. And, and if you're married or whatever, that's a really thing too. like, just be praying with your spouse, uh, talking. And then if you have a counselor in your life in church, a mentor, and that somebody's going to say, go. Uh, and and I'll, I guess I'll just say the one equation I would say is do it twice as fast as you think it's, it seems as like whatever you think is like, this is the earliest, cut that in half and do it. And just set that goal for yourself. If you have to do it, you will. You know, there's nothing like a mortgage payment being due and, 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 and uh, bills piling up and, oh, I got to do car registration and, oh, taxes and all those, you know, like you're going to, you will make it happen. I've mailed, uh, my tax payment checks to Louisiana or wherever they got to go with not enough money in that account and being like, all right, postal service is going to take probably three days before the IRS cashes this. I got to get these more invoices, you know, like it's, 
you're going to make it happen. And God, and, and that's the other side of it. When it's, when you don't think you can do it and then you, you make it happen. You, you, the only explanation is God did that. That wasn't me. How in the heck did that person call me? That person paid on time. That person did this, this job. I didn't think I was going to get cause it was really expensive, but they signed the contract and they paid me the 25%. You know what? Like, it's it's just a, a completely different experience and relationship with your creator when you're working with your hands. You're not re- relying on a benevolent uh, slave master, and it's you and God in the work of your hands. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, amen. And Clayton, have you have you already started a company for what you're doing? Yeah. So basically, as I was. Uh, working with my my buddy who does the IT uh, stuff. Uh, eventually, whenever I ended up leaving that and going back into healthcare, uh, basically I generated some referrals and people were like, hey, we saw what you did for him. Can you do it for us? Yeah. And so yeah. it is basically, I mean, the fundamentals of it are digital marketing. Yeah. And so I then targeted, started targeting some of the trades in our um, in my community that didn't have any sort of digital presence at all. And was like, hey, you know, let's let's get you a digital presence, and mm-hmm. uh, let's let's see how we could build you leads, and you know, bring in more revenue, and you know, help your reputation, all those different types of things. And so I established that entity, and have been doing business basically under that ent- entity in conjunction with my um, with my healthcare stuff. But I find myself doing healthcare, answering calls, and being just like, I'm getting paid, you know, it was like thirty five bucks an hour. To answer calls. And I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if I was doing the digital marketing full time, I'm like, I, you know, I could be making a hundred bucks an hour. I don't know, but I just, oh, I've already tasted that. And so. Yeah. I guess we'll like, look at your, uh, like, look at your, out. how like, long does it take to close a deal and get your payments and stuff and that cycle, that deal cycle, start that deal cycle yep. with enough leads that if half of them come through, you're good. And uh, so you got, you're not requiring on one lead. You're not requiring on two. You maybe got four and I need, hey, I need two of four to come through. I've started this, this pipeline and I got enough to make it to the end of that cycle and then quit. Yeah. And then, go, so I got enough in the bank to make it to my typical sales cycle to get my first payment from a client is a month. Um, I got four leads that could all pay. I got enough to make it a month. Quit, you know, and then see if you can turn those four leads into eight in that same period and and close all of them. That's the thing. That's what God will do too. God will have every one of those people ink that contract and you'd have more work than you know what to do with your month one because you've, you trust it. I mean, it, it's not, not prosperity gospel or whatever, but just you you set the conditions. You don't know the end state, and you go for it, and you and you pray, and you you're doing it in in a humble reliance on Almighty God, and you're working, and then you see what happens. Um, and you're never gonna you're never gonna uh, it's never gonna feel like the right time if mm. if you're in the 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 corporate wage slave culture, and you're gonna look back in one year from now and send me a message and let me know you know this is what happened. But you're gonna look back and be like, I cannot believe I was working for thirty five dollars an hour, <laughs> six days a week. What uh, was my problem? Yeah. I can't believe it. You're yeah. gonna be a completely different individual. Um, yeah. 
So yeah. go for it, man. Hey, hey, Clayton, thank you for coming on, man, and talking with us. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, you know, I want to I want to end here. You know, as you were talking about this, you have to re- go back and read the story of the children of Israel leaving Egypt. They didn't want to be in Egypt, but they didn't want to be free either. And that's one yeah, of the I just things- tweeted that out was the reality is most of the church wants to be slaves. Yeah, we and, and it's sad and it, because it, it, Moses goes up on the mountain. They immediately start uh, a, a crazy stuff going on and they are asking about going back. It's like, guys, well, remember, but even though I mean, just the work that it takes to be free is what people are afraid of a lot of times, too. Mm-hmm. It takes, you know, and it take when you're going through the work, I always think about it like this, going through the work process, getting the work done, making that transition. You are going to go through a desert. What is a desert but sand? You have slavery all on you, and that sand mm-hmm. softens you up, and it gets that slavery off of you. It gets that that uh, degree of of lacking of, to be able to be somebody who goes and gets it. The way you think about it, where are the onions at? They were things were given to us. Now you have to mm-hmm. go get it. Now you have to depend on the Lord for manna. Now you have to depend on the Lord for water, not Pharaoh, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and we which is how it's supposed to be. We, that's right. By the way. That's where God's people, not Pharaoh's people, right? Mm -hmm. And so we should be depending on him for all that. But it's hard for us because we really don't believe that God is going to provide for us. We are as faithless as our forefathers in so many ways. We don't believe that God is going to actually meet our needs. And so then, Mm -hmm. and if we did, if we really believe that, then we would do the things that, that, that faith shows, right? If you believe God, you take him at his word, then you take your son up there to the mountain to be sacrificed. Right. Like if you believe God, then you walk out there. And this is one of the things that a lot of ways my charismatic brothers really have gotten some of this right. They just applied in the wrong areas. But there's there is this God said it so I can take him at his word. And so I'm going to do the things that God has required for me to do, knowing that he will meet me there in the middle of it. And that's one of the things we really got to understand with work. I'm going to give you a time limit, give you the last word. You got 30 seconds. <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't even talk 30 because we're missing Psalm saying at church right now. Okay. But uh, well, I, I appreciate do you that. bringing me on. Uh, spearing.co is the website. I have a newsletter there that I've, I think I've only ever sent one email out. But I got the plans in place. Connect with me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at The Spearing. And uh, looking forward to staying in touch with everybody. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity. All, all the time, brother. You're always welcome on here. Um, listen, go and check out my guy, Spearing.co. Get those secrets, man. I don't even know why he's doing this. He just wants to be a blessing to you. Um, don't be a slave. Go take that blessing and get to work. This is Max Unleashed. Thank you, brother.